Welcome to Wine For Me podcast, where I chat to anyone that can give you and me insight into the South African wine industry. Please enjoy. Today, I chat to Dr. Astrid Buka. She is at the Department of Viticulture and Enology at the Stellenbosch University. She and her colleagues are doing some very intriguing research on wine. And this includes sensory perception, chemical profiling, and tiles. It's best to ask her to explain to us what this all means. Okay, so tile profiles in single cultivar red wines. What does that mean? And what did you discover? Well, just to go back a little bit, uh, tiles are quite a sensitive uh, class of compounds to be measured. They're sulfur-based, but usually they impart pleasant aromas. So a lot of work was focused on measuring tiles and their association with specific pleasant aromas in mostly white wines, like the aroma of grapefruit and passion fruit. So really pleasant tropical uh, flavors in Chenin Blanc and Sauvignon Blanc and a lot of white cultivars. But in France, they discovered that one specific tiles imparts the aroma of black currant to certain Bordeaux blends. Okay. Now, the problem is because these compounds are at very, very low concentration and they're very sensitive to exposure to air and oxygen, measuring them is rather complicated. Just to, to give you a, a bit of perspective, wine is made mostly composed of water and ethanol. Okay. So ethanol is what, let's say 15%, water is 82, 83, and okay. everything else is kind of crowded in those 2, 3% left. Okay. You still get something like tartaric acid that is measured in grams per liter. Mm-hmm. So this is nanograms per liter, so 10 power minus 9, which means if you think about 1 milliliter of, I don't know, something, 10 power 9 more than that. Okay. So it's really a handful of molecules. Okay. But they are so potent that if they're present at that low concentration, you can still smell them. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah. so, so, so the power of the, of the techniques that we use allows us to measure something so small. Now, why we're measuring them is besides scientific curiosity, is because they have a really big impact on the aroma of wines. Okay. Now, Besides the fact that the red wines have a different color than the white, it also that reflects in the fact that there are a lot more other compounds present, like the ones that give the color, which from a chemistry point of view, it just makes the analysis much more complicated. Okay. So together with my colleagues from the Central Analytical Facility and some of my students, we have developed a method that allowed us to measure individual tiles in red Wines. And we chose single cultivars because the previous research was done in blends. So we didn't know, in fact, from which cultivar those specific compounds okay. came from. Yeah. And what we discovered is that all of these cultivars had all of the, the tiles that we were looking for, but in different levels. Okay. I read in one of your articles in the Wineland, um, you have a few articles in that magazine, that FMT is one of the tile profiles and that um, is the smell of coffee 
and you found that Pinotage had the highest level of that compared to the other red varietals. Was that surprising? Uh, no, not really. It's not us who discovered the FMP in, in Pinotage, furirumethyl thiol. It is indeed the compound that gives even coffee its specific smell. Okay. And it was discovered a number of years ago by somebody also from South Africa, but it was a qualitative measurement in the sense okay. that they proved the presence of the compound, but they okay. were not able to measure it. Okay. But with this new method, we could also measure it. Now, I have to, to be very honest, this style of coffee pinotage is something that people, some people love and some people yes. don't like because it's not a classical pinotage style. So the wines we chose, the pinotage wines that we chose to analyze, were some that we knew had this particular characteristic. Okay. Yes. So we wanted to see, in fact, how, how high it goes. Okay, I you know. know. So not all the wines, not all the pinotages were described as coffee pinotages, mm -hmm. but even the ones that were not described as coffee pinotages still had a little bit. Okay. Because as far as I know, but maybe there is newer research, mm -hmm. the coffee aroma is rather coming from the vineyard and from the winemaking. Okay, okay. So at this point, I can't tell you how much it was coming from the barrels or from the winemaking and okay. how much it was coming from the, from the, the vineyards, vineyards, but I, we could tell you how much is in okay. the end. Now, would you wine. be able to detect if, for instance, it wasn't a natural flavor that was part of the grape? And yeah, just to get to that question, do you ever detect other flavors in grapes that's not part of the grape that people might induce in the winemaking process? <laughs> no, it's a good question because, of course, maybe for some people it is tempting to take shortcuts. I hope not, but maybe it mm -hmm. is. It's not my field of expertise, but there is a massive amount of research done overseas and some of it in South Africa as well, looking at wine authentication. And authentication can mean, for example, the opposite of adulteration, which is the, the situation yes, that, yeah. that you are suggesting, or it can be you want to authenticate its origins, or you want to authenticate the cultivar, so authentication can work in different ways. Usually you have to have a database mm. of hopefully wine fingerprints that okay. are authentic, and then you measure your questionable wine against that. There are also works that have been done, not necessarily on wine, but on juices. There is a specific, still a specific profile of a natural wine or a natural juice. Like for example, you can measure unnatural or unnaturally occurring sugars. Okay. Or specific naturally occurring compounds, but not in the amount that you would expect. That kind of stands out. Also, there is even more complex measurements that you can do that looks at the natural ratio of isotopes that can occur between the various elements. So it is a massive, massive field and it is very important, I mean, yes, yeah. economically and ethically as well. Yes, but yeah. I, I, I have never come across or nobody asked mm. me these questions, but I think the people that work at the Central Analytical Facility are better equipped to answer that type of questions because they really have they have the, the means to do it. Yes, okay. Their instruments are much yeah. better suited for, for things like this. Okay, I want to come back to the Shannon Blanc style mapping that you also did uh, research on. Can you tell us more about Shannon Blanc mapping? 
I have to tell you that compared to some of my colleagues, like for example Dr. Newvold, I'm a newbie at, okay. at this. So I'm working on this only for four or five years while she's dedicated a big part of her research okay. much more than me. We had a student a couple of years ago, Christine Wilson, who came from the United States to do her master's here mm -hmm. with us. And initially the project was about tiles in, in Chenin Blanc, which people thought that they're present already from the 1980s, but they couldn't prove it because the, the technology was not available at that stage. Okay. So as Christine was working on looking at tile profiles in Chenin Blanc, we also kind of went a bit away from the, the, the main topic and we also looked into mapping styles. This type of work was done before by some of Dr. Newvold's um, students, but we came at it with other type of, of newer technology and heavy statistics and yeah, it, it is interesting work and I know right now there's also other type of work done at chemistry also in okay. mapping um, old vine, for example, okay. style, which is something that I'm currently working on as yeah. well. But listen, the, these topics are so vast and there are so many facets mm. to them that I don't think that even if you have 10 people working at them at once, we will all contribute towards the same topic but never really yeah. You know, we're not working against each other, we are in fact all working together, together on such a topic. Now, you mentioned now the Altvine project. Have you found um, differences in the Altvine Shannon versus the newer uh, plantings? Okay, it is again quite a complex scenario because I think maybe your, your listeners know that the old vines are very cherished. They are really heritage, they're part of, of our heritage. So people tend to treat the grapes differently than the grapes coming from younger vines. So in okay. fact, what you get in the bottle is not only the product of the old vine, but is also the product of the winemaking applied to it. Okay. So if you get a bottle of Chenin Blanc coming from an old vine and Chenin Blanc coming for a, your, from your average youngish vine, there will be many differences, but it is rather difficult to pinpoint what is due to the winemaking style, what is due to the vine. But that being said, mm -hmm. there is a lot of research going on into taking away this variation okay. that is coming from the winemaking. So um, I'm working with one of my students and uh, my colleagues from, from Sensory on a project where we took grapes from old vines and young vines, but the winemaking was done in the same manner. Okay, interesting. And then, so we, we took away the variability of the winemaking. Okay. And then we evaluated the wines both chemically and sensorially when the wines were relatively young. So I think there were three, four months in the bottle. Okay. And then we kept them for two years and then the retesting is mm. to be done in the next two months. Okay. Because a lot of people say that the typical expression or the character of an old vine wine is not manifested very early in the life of the wine, but okay. a bit later. Yes. So we want to see if the development is true to you know the, the, the anecdotal yeah, yeah. anecdotal evidence. Okay. So yes. Interesting. But but in your early findings did you see any difference in the till um, concentration? We didn't any? look in fact oh, you didn't at look? that. We uh, we we do two types of measurements. 
they're called targeted and untargeted. Okay. The, the targeted ones is when we have a list of compounds that we measure okay. through various methods. The untargeted one is when we do fine fingerprinting. So we don't know what we look for until we find it. Oh. And then we kind of come back and then see if there is a better way of, of measuring it. It's true, it's like having a fingerprint, your own fingerprint, wow. and you measure it against the database that you built yourself, and now you see how well it fits or it doesn't, and then you ask the, 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 the statistics exactly to tell you why does it fit or what makes it fit, what makes um. it not fit. So in fact, our work is a lot of data generating, but mm. the data contains information and we need to discern whether the information is valuable or it's just noise. Okay. Now, you know now more probably about flavor profiles of wines than your average person. So tell us, what is your favorite varietal? <laughs> mm, is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I love Shiraz, but because I love Shiraz, I'm very picky about okay. my Shiraz. But my go-to drinking wine is in fact Chenin Blanc. Okay. Um, not only because I learned a lot about it mm -hmm. by working with it, but also I really find it for South Africa a truly um, amazing wine. Mm. Um, you know, on paper the description doesn't do it justice. We always start with, Jenny Blanc is called the neutral cultivar because, and it's like, yes, it's neutral, but then it offers the winemaker the possibility of doing so many things with it. Yes. And usually people do amazing things with, with, yeah. with Chenin Blanc. Yeah, it actually is flourishing at the moment in South Africa, and especially with the Old Vine project yes. as well. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I just hope that, you know, we can contribute a little bit to, yes. to, to that as well. Yeah. So. Well, anything else you want to tell our listeners that is interesting, that's new, that you're working on? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I would encourage them to ask questions. Yes. And we are working a lot on, on the university side to to be able to reach call your average consumer. Yes, or, yeah. Because people come up with a really interesting question and sometimes it's not easy to answer them without going into a lot of technicalities, but sometimes it's quite easy and nice to interact with people that have really, really quirky questions. Like for example, why does a wine taste in a certain way when you fly compared to when you're at home? Or why do wines taste better at the winery than, you know, when you buy the wine and you, and you at drink the store, it at home? Yes. So, so sometimes it, it just, it's a topic for a yeah. lively conversation, it is. especially around the glass of wine. I think with your research, you can probably eliminate all the little beliefs people have about wines that's not really proven, but they've been leaving it for years and years and years. It's true, but also the, the, the research in wine is moving so fast because there is a lot of technology that is, that is helping mm. us um, nowadays. And we are in a really, really good position here at the department. We have a lot of technology available to us. So even if it's not in the department, we have a really good collaboration with the Central Analytical Facility. Mm -hmm. And we have access to instruments that, for example, we can't afford to yeah. have. And we, we have an excellent sensory lab as well. I would encourage you to go and speak to my, my colleagues there. Okay. And I think none of us could do on our own what we can do yeah. together. 
So no, yes. that's wonderful. And you're sitting in the heart of the winelands. Yes. So the wine, the, the wine is easy to come by if you need to of do course. tests. <laughs> so of that's course. wonderful. Of course, it's not not like in Australia that sometimes you have to drive hundreds of kilometers oh, to the nearest wow. vineyard. Well, thank you so much for explaining to us in layman terms what you're doing, and all the best for the next uh, project you're working on. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Amanda Fisser. I hope you enjoyed it.